Hey, everybody, and welcome to This Week on Point North. I am Alistair Stevens, and it's a big week. It's going to be a really fun week because this week I get to focus primarily on podcasting again. After spending most of last week fighting the website, taking the website apart, reconstructing it at basically an atomic level and putting it all back together so that it well, in the first instance, didn't work, but then in the second instance, didn't work. In the third instance, kind of worked. In the fourth instance, broke wide apart and spilled bits of the internet all over the floor here of the studio. But then in the fifth instance, again, mostly worked. After wrestling with the website last week, it is now back up and everything is working properly. There are a couple of finishing touches that need to be put in place. I need to uh, write some new copy for the site and some new content for the site, but it is mostly working. And I am very, very glad to say that this week I get to put my, my attention back where it belongs. I get to put my attention back on the actual podcasting. It is a pleasure to have you all here with me on a Monday morning, a Monday morning which feels more burdensome than most Monday mornings, in all honesty, because of the transition to daylight saving time here in the U.S. It is by now, I think, somewhat somewhat played out, somewhat cliched, somewhat uh, tropey to complain about daylight saving time. And it's even becoming a little cliched, a, a, little, uh, a little conventional to complain about complaining about daylight saving time. But let me tell you, it's a tough transition. It's a really tough transition. I am, by nature, a morning person, and I appreciate far more the daylight in the morning than in the evening. That's just my personal uh, preference. But uh, it, it, it's always fun to see how the schedules shake out. And to do that little dance that you do for, I don't know, three or four days after daylight saving time where you have to do the mental calculus of what the time really is. And should I be hungry? It's weird that I'm hungry right now. Should I have another cup of coffee? Well, what time is it really? We all have to do that, that mental math in order to uh, make our schedules work. But all of that is going to be uh, is going to be taken care of over the course of the next few days. And of course, the Point North schedule is now adjusted to Eastern Daylight Time. That is UTC minus four rather than UTC minus five. For those of you here in the United States, it's going to play out in exactly the same way. Everything's going to happen at the appointed hour. If you are listening to this from elsewhere in the world, from a part of the world that has not yet made the transition to daylight saving times, or perhaps a part of the world that doesn't honor the transition to daylight saving time, how lucky are you? Then double check the times for your uh, for your local clocks to make sure that you'll be able to catch all of the broadcasts this week. As I say, Eastern Daylight Time, UTC minus four, rather than the usual Eastern Standard, UTC minus five. Time zones are stupid. They're stupid and reckless and ridiculous. And as we say here at Point North Media, wildly irresponsible. That's just a truth that we have to live with. It is great to have uh, Jenna and Ethan and Karen and Lynn and Leo and Becca. So, so Sundari is joining us here. Guys, it's an absolute pleasure to have you all here. Art says, I have no idea what time it is. I decided to throw all my clocks outside and burn them in a giant pyre. There may have been some dancing. That seems like a perfect way of welcoming in the new season, right? Hey, it's springtime. Let us burn our clocks. We do not need to be governed by these, these mech, uh, these mechanistic tyrants. We don't need to be governed by the observance of, of the procession of linear time. We do what we want, damn it. It seems like a perfectly responsible and adult way of meeting the springtime. And I'm not being sarcastic. I have to <laughs> emphasize here. I mean this very passionately and enthusiastically. It is going to be a great week here at Point North. Of course, we're beginning with this little... Uh, this little discussion, this little preview of what is to come. But we really get into our podcast schedule tomorrow evening, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, where we look at the next couple of chapters of Dear Mr. Potter, finishing up the, the last chapter, or finishing up the last section of the last reading from last week's session. I suppose, just to make sure that, that that's as confusing as possible. And then we push on into chapters 20 and 21, looking at the first task, looking at the first part of the Triwizard Tournament, and what we're really looking at is Harry's engagement with notions of 
fair play, notions of honesty, notions of decency. I am really enchanted and intrigued by this, uh, enchanted by and intrigued by this chapter. And then, of course, we're going to talk a little about uh, how self-liberation, we're going to talk a little about how that's all shaking out now in the Hermione subplot in Goblet of Fire. But the first task is really interesting, really sophisticated, really thoughtful, and and curiously provocative about the nature of goodness and and companionship and and as i say decency and honesty in the world of harry potter so i'm looking very much to talking about that tomorrow in dear mr potter 46 the first task then on wednesday evening again 10 p.m uh, 10 p.m eastern 9 p.m central we've got the second in our one shot series looking at the princess bride last week we had an absolute blast talking about william goldman's 1973 novel version of the princess bride this week, the 1987 movie adaptation, also written by William Goldman, and one of one of the most sweet and loving and affectionate peons to the power of stories and storytelling that I have ever seen. That's going to be the primary focus of our discussion on Wednesdays. The degree to uh, on Wednesday, I should say, the degree to which the Princess Bride is a story about stories. It is, of course, framed with the telling of a story, the telling of the S. Morgenstern classic, The Princess Bride, but also the way in which stories influence and define us, the way in which stories give our lives shape, the desire for, the inclination toward, and also the potential dangers of this kind of autobiographical determinism. That is to say that we are the products of the stories that we tell and how that can be desperately empowering, but also incredibly dangerous and limiting. We're going to be talking about all of that as well, of course, of just celebrating the uh, the uh, the rest of this fantastic movie, a movie which I utterly adore. I am currently about a third of the way through the uh, Carrie Ellis book, looking at the production of The Princess Bride, which is just wonderful. The audiobook version of that is a knockout, by the way, so I can't recommend that highly enough. I'm hoping to have that finished by Wednesday, but I don't know how much time I'm going to have to talk about that in the context of the one-shot. Anyway, I am still planning a live commentary track for The Princess Bride. I don't think that's going to be this week. I think that's going to be next week before we get to that, and we will host that over on YouTube to kick the tires of their new chat system and their new low-latency streaming software. So uh, we'll see how that works out. Just, you know, test things. That's what we do here at Point North Media. We, we restlessly test things to make sure that you guys have the best experience possible. On Thursday, there and back again, 54, Shagrat and Gorbag carries us through to the end of the two towers. We were talking about this a little last week. Unfortunately, I had a hard out on Thursday and couldn't quite finish the reading uh, for chapter 10, The Choices of Master Samwise in the End of the Two Towers. And I was talking originally about having that be the last live session for The Two Towers, and then I would pre-record a little Q&A. That I don't think is, is going to work out. So we're just going to do a regular live session Thursday evening, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, looking at the back half of The Choices of Master Samwise, I suppose, and then talking a little about The Two Towers in general, the constant questions that I have received over the course of the last couple of months, I suppose, that we've been studying, particularly book four of The Two Towers, two sets of questions, one looking at the identity of The Two Towers. Which two towers are we talking about? What is the most powerful and interesting way of interpreting the deliberately ambiguous title of this part of The Lord of the Rings? And what are we to make of the ring. What is the ring? What is it doing? How does it do what it does through the course of the two towers? And to what degree is the ring responsible for the events that have unfolded through particularly book four of the Lord of the Rings? So we're going to do that this week. And then next week, we're going to embark on our journey through the return of the king, two books of the Lord of the Rings down, well, four books of the Lord of the Rings down, two 
parts of the Lord of the Rings down. One more to go, two more books, books five and six, taking uh, the rest of the way through, the, taking us the rest of the way through The Return of the King, of course. So I can't wait to talk about all of that. And then usually on Friday, we will have our patron-exclusive book club slot. I cannot do that on Friday this week. I have previous engagements on Friday of this week. So we're going to push that to Sunday evening, Sunday, March 18th, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. We are going to look at the first part of Good Omens. What does that mean, you might ask? What is the first part of Good Omens? Well, I haven't decided yet, is the thing. I haven't quite pinned down exactly what I want to cover in that first session. I don't think we're going to cover a lot of the text, though. I think what I want to do in the first session is talk a little about Terry Pratchett and his career up to that point, talk a little about Neil Gaiman and his career up to that point, talk about the influences that led to Good Omens, and then basically launch into the prologue of Good Omens. We may pick up a little bit of the text at the beginning, but what I'm going to do, because this is complicated, of course, because Good Omens is not split into chapters, like all of Terry Pratchett's work, I think, not split into chapters. So what we're going to do instead is just talk about chunks of the book, and I will give you a little a little prose descriptor, I suppose, of the end of the section. I'll say we're going to cover up to the end of this section. This is the last paragraph that we're going to cover, and you'll be able to keep track with that. That is going to do it for this week. Doesn't that sound fun? Doesn't that sound amazing? I'm really looking forward to, uh, to this suite of shows this week from Point Earth Media. I'll recap all of that in just a moment. Let me see. Um, <laughs> Becca asking, is it okay that I want Odin to be the narrator? Always, always okay. Absolutely, yes. Um, let me see. Where are we? Oh, we got some questions here. Um, Athesis says, Jenna, the one ring as a diva. I like that a lot. Yes. Uh, Ethan saying, Shagrat and, and uh, Gorsham. It makes me think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Ab that just me. I, I'm not sure of those references, Ethan. Yeah, okay, interesting. Biblical references, says Jenna. Uh, as ever, there we are. Yes, yes. That's how I get left behind by things. Yes, good, good. Carla saying, oh my good omens, I'm the worst book club member, but that sounds lovely. Well, you know, Carla, you have to deal with those aforementioned inconvenient time zones. For those of you who don't know, Carla is, uh, is in Portugal, a wonderful, uh, a wonderful linguist and study of linguistics. Carla, you are a constant delight, and I'm always glad to have you. I'll try and reschedule a little bit for, uh, for more European-friendly time zones for the uh, Good Omens book club, because I know how you like that book. I do. Yes. Excellent. Oh, and Becca's recommending that story. But by all means, send me recommendations. I would love to read more uh, more more biblical literature, I suppose. I, I'm hesitating over that phrase because that's not exactly what I mean. I suppose what I mean is Bible stories, but that sounds a little um, a little flat too. I have this constant and recurring desire to really delve into the Bible as literature. I know I mentioned this in a very recent podcast, but that is a podcast idea that I've had from the beginning to kind of to, to break down the Bible and to look at this as a series of stories uh, that is unified into a a collected unit, an aggregate unit, which in many ways, I think, generates a kind of internal conflict between the stories that are unified, right? The the, the notion of different historical and quasi-historical accounts kind of locked within a greater frame, the degree to which binding these stories together generates friction and conflict between the stories, I find really, really interesting. Because, of course, this is an ancient tradition. This is what happened through the medieval period. This is why when we think of medieval storytelling, we think of constant revision and adaptation and the interplay between different exchanges. The, the idea that there was a kind of textual or narrative definitivism, that is a post-medieval idea, right? We didn't have single versions of stories at all, ever, basically, until the Renaissance, right? Until the advent of the Gutenberg press. That is what the, the ability to generate uh, mass media that could be identified with, could be, could be 
attributed to, locked to a singular author, that is, in the span of human history, still a fairly modern idea. So I'm interested in, in all of these disparate elements, and some fine day I will have the opportunity to talk about it. Maybe when we're done with Harry Potter, maybe when we're done with Aaron Beck again, I'll have the, uh, the opportunity to undertake some bold new uh, exploration of, of what is obviously what what is so self-evidently one of the most influential influential pieces of narrative in the entire world that it needs not be said right it, it's an extraordinarily powerful set of stories that has had more influence than arguably any other set of stories right and and that is not to you know, I'm aware, even as I'm talking about the Bible as literature, that obviously I'm draining out the idea of the Bible as divinely inspired text. And, and there is interesting kind of theological conversation to be had in that direction. But just looking at it as stories, if we accept that the Bible is just a set of stories, that the Bible is fictional, it's still fascinating. It's still tremendously significant, tremendously important. And of course, that is not to suggest that we should necessarily draw that delineation. But either way that you look at the Bible, it's it's a fascinating set of stories. Yes. Okay, good. Um, let me see here as I catch up. Uh, Gretchen. Uh, Gretchen's a theology major. Gretchen says, oh my gosh, I'm a theology major. I would, I would be so into a biblical story talk. That's fantastic, Gretchen. How wonderful. Yeah, great. Uh, and Leo asking, will you do a podcast on this? That's the idea. That is, um, yeah, I mean, when I sat down to really start podcasting the better part of 10 years ago now, I had a list of things that I would like to do. And with the exception of Star Trek, I have now done or, or am in the process of doing most of the things which, which were on that list at the beginning. But the other thing besides Star Trek, you know, if we're talking about the most important stories ever, yeah, I mean, the Bible, sure, but also Star Trek, though. Um, I, I, yes, that was on the list from the very beginning. It is, as I've said before, it would be much more of an exploration because it is an area in which I am somewhat undereducated. It's an area in which I am, I am inexperienced, relatively speaking. So it would be a fairly slow process in which we would be reading together, but also exploring and developing. You know, my, my points of intersection with biblical study have been generally within the sphere of, of uh, philosophy, right? That contained within particularly the Old Testament, there are anchor points for pretty much every kind of philosophical discourse that you want to engage in, you know, every philosophical discourse up to the 20th century, I suppose, when we started getting interested in postmodern thought and, uh, and pushing back against some of those, some of those earlier orthodoxies and earlier, uh, earlier conventions. So again, yeah, I'm really interested in that. Some fine day, it'll happen. If you are interested in that, email me and let me know, right? If, if I get a wave of support telling me that this is a thing that you guys really, really want, then I'll see what I can do. That always, uh, that always encourages me. Good. All right, let me see here. That, I think, though, is going to do it, you guys, because, gosh, we're already done. We're already done. 15 minutes, and I've got to go and, well, finish working on the website and start prepping for the rest of the week and get all of this good, good stuff done. Let's do a quick recap here. So tomorrow, Tuesday, March 13th, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, Dear Mr. Potter, 46th, the first task in which we look at the very end of Chapter 19, then Chapter 20 and Chapter 21, mostly looking at honesty and decency and fair play, the notion of fair play, and also, I suppose, the notion of, of cheating and, and finding loopholes that's also kind of associated with that idea of decency and fair play within the world of Harry Potter. We're going to study that tomorrow night, Tuesday, March 13th, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. Then on Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, the second one-shot on The Princess Bride this week, the movie, The Power of Stories and Storytelling. I'm so excited for this. When I talk about the list of things that I wanted to discuss when I sat down to begin podcasting the better part of a decade ago, The Princess Bride was definitely on that list. I can't wait to talk about that with a great deal of enthusiasm. And yes, 
yes, I will probably run just a little long as I did last Wednesday for that one shot too. Um, Thursday, March 15th, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, we're going to have there and back again, 54, Shagrat and Gorbag, where we talk about our friendly neighborhood orcs and the taking of Frodo and Sam, Sam being caught in a conflict with his better nature, I suppose. That's going to be a really interesting discussion and some general uh, Two Towers-related Q&A there as well. Then No Book Club on Friday. Friday is out. Instead, we're going to reschedule the patron-exclusive book club to Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, for the first part of Good Omens. Stay tuned because I'll put up on the uh, Patreon page and probably over on the Point North Forum the details of the reading that we're going to do. But it's not going to be a lot of the text, so don't worry. If you haven't yet picked up your copy of Good Omens, there is still time. You're not going to need to read 80 pages in order to catch up. We're probably going to do something more like 20 pages, I would say, this week, and a lot of background material, too, because I think that in order to understand Good Omens, it is necessary to, in order to understand, in order to access the deepest layers of Good Omens, it is necessary to understand Terry Pratchett's work up to that point and beyond, Neil Gaiman's work up to that point and beyond, and also the many myriad sources and influences that were acting upon the story. This is, in many ways, the most revised and mature and sophisticated version of a story that had been rolling around for 30 or 40 years at that point, and has deeper roots than that, of course, going back to, going back to, um, in a really interesting way, some of the Just Williams stories, right? The Looking at the kids in Good Omens in particular, we are drawing upon very similar sources than J.K. Rowling would ultimately draw upon for the Harry Potter series, too. So there's going to be a certain amount of crossover there, too. I can't wait. Now I'm thinking that we're going to have to uh, sort the kids into Hogwarts houses, which is definitely a thing that's going to happen. All right. That is going to do it. Um, so, so somebody is saying, uh, I started Good Omens last night. I'm about 30% through. Gosh, it's hard to put a Pratchett story down. No kidding. No kidding. All right. That'll do it. You guys, have a great Monday. Have a great week. I hope you'll be able to join me for some, if not all, of the sessions that we have planned for this week. And if you run into trouble over on the new site, if there's anything that doesn't seem to be working, go ahead and send me a note, pointnorthmedia at gmail.com or over on the forum, pointnorthmedia.com slash forum. I have been somewhat neglectful of the forum over the last week. Oh, and for those of you who were wondering about the podcast episodes, all of the podcast episodes are now out. They all went out over the weekend. So if you were looking for last week's Dear Mr. Potter, last week's There and Back Again, or the first one shot on The Princess Bride, all of those podcasts are now available. They should be in your podcatcher of choice, so you should be able to download those and listen to them. I hope you'll have time to catch up before we get to this week's slate of shows, too. I will talk to you all again very soon. Until then, have a great Monday, have a great week, and take care.